Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on DK Sports Radio. This is your host, Jared Prugar. And for the first time all year, we're talking after back-to-back wins. Penn State finally gets uh, their second win of the season, the 900th in program history, which marks them as the only the eighth team in the nation to do so. Um, so, so there's that. It's a little bit of history today. But from the beginning of the game, Penn State just was dominant over Rutgers. And it's the dominant performance that had been lacking over the course of the season for the Nittany Lions. They came out and just ran the ball at will against the Scarlet Knights. They rushed for 248 yards in the game, with the majority of those coming in the first half. So it was just uh, the performance that the people are are used to Penn State having against uh, Rutgers but also against other teams in the Big Ten not named Ohio State or Michigan. But it's important to note they get out of the game fairly healthy. Now, there was a lot left to be desired. There are a couple questionable play calls. Uh, The use of, I guess, what is called the Falcon package, according to Will Levis, was used quite a bit. But essentially, it was was, old-school Big Ten football on a day where the wind was brutal and it was wet and the field was a little bit um, slick. It was old school smash mouth football and Penn State dominated in the trenches on both sides of the football. Uh, they, they kept Rutgers to 83 rush yards, 122 pass yards, and they had Noah Vidral just out of sorts more often than not on this day, um, the quarterback for Rutgers. So it was a great game all around. The Nittany Lions finally able to get into that win column again. They're now two and five heading into the last two weeks of the season that sets them up rather nicely to, to potentially get a bull bid and move on uh, to, to potentially get that uh, 500 season. They play Michigan State next week uh, at home for senior day. So I would imagine that the team's going to be fairly inspired. Uh, then they play the seeded game against the Big Ten West, which I think is going to be um, a huge game. Uh, it looks as though it could be Illinois. Depends on on how the records shake up. But Penn State is, is playing its best football that it has all year. Um, and, and it's playing complimentary football for the first time, uh, for, well, for the second time all year. So Penn State's in good shape heading into the, the latter part of the season, the last two games. And, you know, this was the confidence booster that they needed again. You know, you, you, ride, you ride high off of a, a win in the big house and, and circumstances aside, whether they're fans or no fans, anytime you can get a win in the big house as a Penn State team, it's huge. Now, it being the first win of the season, even bigger, um, especially after this, the 0-5 five, five start. So they're, they're stacking these wins and building that momentum, not only for this year, but for next year. I think uh, when you look at Penn State, you know that they're not they're not the eleven and two team that they were last year, but they really don't have the talent of a two and five team either, or an zero and five team. So it's just kind of getting that comfort level, that that ability back, and that that confidence back that everybody has known from Penn State for for a multitude of years. So getting that back is huge, uh, and I and I do truly think that. You know, they could run the table here uh, in, in 2020. I know that I had mentioned it before. I mean, Michigan State got thumped to uh, by Ohio State this week. Um, but, it you know, anything is possible in 2020. Now, more about today's or about Saturday's game. Kevon Lee, 
Another big game. Uh, 17 rushes, 95 yards. No touchdowns this time. Devin Ford gets the rushing touchdown uh, as he rushed for 65 yards. But it was another, you know, good start by Clifford in the second half. Uh, had an interception that set up a Rutgers, uh, Rutgers touchdown. The only touchdown of the day for the Scarlet Knights. And, you know, there are a couple plays in the, in the first half. Sean Clifford played, I thought, uh, great football. Um, you know, he, he played played well enough to, to get the job done. He only threw 22 times on this afternoon. Uh, so, you know, that's, and, and in my opinion, I think that's good for them. They had a balanced attack. I mean, I, on this day, yardage-wise, it was, it was a little bit more. But, you know, 57 rushes compared to, you know, 22 passes is a little unbalanced. But when you're, when you're imposing your will on the opponent, why bother mixing it up? You know, Penn State gets up 20, 20 points early uh, in the third quarter uh, before Rutgers scores. And there was no need for them to, to really force the issue and make mistakes or get guys hurt on a day that really was kind of sloppy weather-wise anyway. But what what's fascinating to me is is Will Levis. We ta- I talked briefly about the Falcon package, which was his name for it. I know um, previously the, fa- the Nittany Lions have had the Lion package with Tommy Stevens, who's now uh, in the NFL. But the Falcon package, they rushed with Levis, and it was it was really you know more often than not it was successful. But we talk about imposing your will. Every time that Levis has come into the game since he started, um, since he was you know put back on the bench, he's rushed the football. And on this on on Saturday afternoon, he rushed the football seventeen times for sixty five yards, which is which is which is decent. Um, nothing really to write home about. Sean Clifford, um, and hit, and with him, he only rushed eight or eight times for twenty one yards. So even Clifford didn't really rush the football a lot on this day. But when you're the just the the ability, or I guess I don't know if I want to say it's the the ability, but just the you know the 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 wherewithal to use a backup quarterback as a running back seventeen times in the backfield lined up as the quarterback. Rutgers knew what was coming. Everybody knew what was coming. Whether you were on your couch, whether you were in the stadium, whether you were on the field, you knew what was coming. And Penn State really and still shoved it down Rutgers' throat. Um, so it it was the dominant performance that they needed, and that that we hadn't seen to this point all year now confidence is huge absolutely you know that and and it was on both sides of the football typically Penn State hasn't been able to play complimentary football Franklin has said that multiple times this year I've said it in a couple of my pieces as well but they played complimentary football with the defense being the dominant force in the second half rather than the offense they held like I said they held um Rutgers to 205 total yards but, you know, looking at the second half stats, it was, you know, it was crazy. Um, and, and you look at the halves and you look at the comparison, I mean, 43 yards um, of total offense the, the Scarlet Knights had at the end of the first half. Um, now, it did get a little, um, little different. Rutgers outgained Penn State in the second half, 162 yards to, 50, to 152 yards. But, you know, Penn the the Scarlet Knights just were not able to get anything going. Um, and, and even with their backs against the wall, the Nittany Lions defense showed up. 
um, they had one blemish, which was the, which was a prayer, um, you know, for the touchdown as as Vidral just launched it off his back foot with with a player in his face, threw it up in the air, and and Melton went, Bo Melton went up and caught it, and it was just, I mean, it was just a toss up, and it worked, but outside of that blemish, the Penn State defense was was rather dominant. Jesse Lucetta leading the way. Um, with 10 tackles, one for loss. Uh, Joey Porter Jr. had a tackle for loss, seven tackles. Ellis Brooks, seven tackles. So they're getting complimentary football from all sides, and it's paying off for them uh, rather well as we gear down uh, in the season. Penn State comes into um, the last pseudo-regular season game of the season um, on the right foot. They're coming in strong with back-to-back wins um, over Michigan and Rutgers. Now, granted, neither of those teams uh, have a winning record, but it's still two big wins uh, for Penn State moving forward. They head, or they they head back to Beaver Stadium where um, where they've not been for the last two weeks uh, for Senior Night. So it should be, like I said, an inspired game. Now, obviously, no fans still, um, but it will be very interesting to see how they come out and handle that. Penn State playing with a lot of confidence as they take on the Spartans, who are under uh, new leadership this year after Marty Antonio um, fired, or not fired, but um, retired uh, in the beginning of the year. So Michigan State has had a weird year, even without all the COVID issues. Uh, Mel Tucker now, he comes from the University of, of Colorado, and Michigan State just has not been able to get anything really of substance taken care of uh, this year. Now they come into this game and, you know, they're coming off of a thumping, an absolute thumping by, um, uh, by the Buckeyes, which is, is, is normal, um, in a, in a normal year. Um, typically they play them a little better, but it is what it is. And, and Ohio state was down players this year, this week, they were down 23 guys because of, uh, of COVID. But Michigan State comes into this uh, into the game at two and four, um, with their two wins coming over Michigan, um, of course, and uh, Northwestern. So the Northwestern win uh, last week uh, was baffling to to m- most of the people in the country. Northwestern uh, was in the driver's seat or in, and still could be in the driver's seat to uh, make it to the Big Ten championship game, but. The Spartans pulled off the the their biggest point total of the season at twenty nine points. So the the Spartans aren't scoring a lot, um, and they have an ability to give up a lot of points. Which the way Penn State is playing, if they can turn some of those red zone field goals into touchdowns, it could be a lot different. Now Penn State settled for for two field goals uh, in the red zone, but they scored, and and that's the that's the important thing for the Nittany Lions moving forward. Is just is is finding those points, even though they're, they're just three points, uh, just finding them instead of, uh, of, of not, of turning the ball over or, or turning it over on downs. So they turn the, they turn the red zone possessions into points and that's huge, but you know, it, it could be, it could be another big game for, for Penn state offensively as they start to click, you know, the, the comfort level was there. The comfort level, I think in the offense, um, it took a while. It's a brand new system. It was some of the some similar principles to, um, to Joe Moorhead's offense and Ricky Ronnie's offense of the past, but at it, it, it this, you know, you have Kirk Sharaka in in doing his thing, 
and his his principles are a little bit different than what those guys had been. And you have Clifford learning a new offense and a, a multitude of freshmen getting time. So it was kind of the perfect storm, and it and it did take a while. You know, you don't have spring ball, you don't have that installation period. And as somebody that you know teaches virtually, teaching things um, over the internet isn't easy. Uh, and especially when you have to go out and demonstrate and see it to kind of feel it and to understand what's going on. But Michigan State's in the same boat. They have a ton of coaches too, um, you know, uh, that that are in different situations. So you know, they they lose to Rutgers to start the season. Uh, 38-27. They then win the next week against Michigan, like I had said, 27-24. Uh, they get thumped by Iowa, 49-7. They get beat 24-0 by Indiana. They go out, they they host Northwestern and win uh, by nine points, 29-20. And then today, or on Saturday, they get beat by 40 points to um, to Ohio State. So. It's been a it's been a weird year, definitely for Michigan State. Not something that that they've been used to um, at all. But it's you know one of those situations where they're just not getting a lot out of their offense, and their defense is just an uncharacteristic Spartans defense. So when you have those two things, and without the 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 off season, you have a recipe for disaster, and that's what you're getting. Um, that's what you're getting at Michigan State right now. Now. Rocky Lombardi, which might be the greatest football name I think um, I've seen in quite some time, he is the starting quarterback for uh, for the Spartans, and you know there have been some there have been some issues there too. You know, it, it even with the success, um, there's there's been a competition. There's been a competition at Michigan State, and not quite like what Penn State has with their two quarterback system, but. Um, but Lombardi and and Peyton Thorne have been, you know, the the options at quarterback for the, for the Spartans. So um, then he goes out, beats Northwestern, and I think you know that that should have been the confidence booster. And then of course they ran into the Ohio State buzzsaw that was well rested after a week off due to COVID. So you know it's going to be interesting to see how um, how the Spartans recover um, because a fifty-two to twelve loss you know, is, is demoralizing. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do, how they, how they can kind of, uh, rebound. Um, and, and, you know, looking up some of the statistics, uh, from today, Lombardi was taken out of the game after, uh, after a head injury. So, you know, anything is, anything is possible, uh, next week. And it's possible that we might not even see Lombardi, um, in the game. now if, if the concussion is, is a thing. Um, but it, it, it's been a very interesting year. Um, now Mel Tucker had some ups and downs, uh, and left Colorado in kind of a blaze of, uh, uh, in a blaze of flames. Um, but you know, he had, he had worked for, um, D'Antonio before. Um, and you know, he was also, uh, he was a gra- graduate assistant at, at Michigan State in 1997 and 1998. And then he was um, he was a defensive backs coach at Ohio State the same three years that D'Antonio was uh, the Buckeyes defensive coordinator. Uh, and if you remember correctly, back then, the Buckeyes won the national title in 2002. Um, so Tucker knows Big Ten football. Uh, he, he absolutely knows Big Ten football. 
And he's been hired by Nick Saban three times. Um, so that's, I think, something that could probably go on anybody's tombstone. He was a GA under Saban at Michigan State. Um, and then he also joined him at LSU as well. So, you know, like I said, t- uh, Tucker's been around. Um, he's been around the game. He's been around um, the Big Ten. So I think Michigan State has potentially uh, the right pieces in in hand uh, for success. But both of these teams come in with two wins, um, and the way that 2020 has, has been has been crazy. So I think that with the – with the way that Penn State's playing, I think they have every chance to be favored uh, in the game and to, to win pretty handedly if they're able to, to channel the same success that they have over the last two weeks. But thank you guys again, uh, everybody that's listening, that's tuned in and downloaded. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, this has been the We Are Podcast hosted by Jared Prugar and DK Sports Radio. Have yourself a safe and healthy week, and I'll talk to you later this week.